literary fans and welcome to episode 33 of Jeff Reads His Book. I'm your host Jeff and today we're going to be reading chapter 11 of Offworlder, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to contact me, you can head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com and there's a couple ways right there on the page that you can get in touch with me and we'll go over them at the end of the podcast. And while you're there, why not consider buying a copy of this terrible book? That's right, you can get this in print or ebook form. So today's a big day. I'm actually recording it on a Monday. Yes, Uh, I didn't get a chance yesterday because it was a pretty exciting day. I had to wake up early and go play a soccer game at 10 a.m., And then, you know, after the soccer game, I had to drink beer. So that lasted till about 12, maybe. Then I had to get home. And then I had to take a shower and clean up because I was all sweaty. And I was covered in those, um, the little black pellets that you find in uh, artificial turf. Have you ever found that? Do you know what I'm talking about? They're kind of scary because... Like, they get stuck in my shoes, and when I bring them inside, it looks like we have this horrible mouse problem all over our kitchen, basically because they're falling out of my shoes and socks. Today, or yesterday, I mean, it was even worse because, like, uh, I got knocked over twice during the soccer game, so I had them, like, in my pants. (laughs) So when I, like, got home, they were just spilling out everywhere. It was a mess. And that was after drinking beer, so they survived a little trip to the bar. Very impressive. But anyway, as soon as I got home, I had to take a shower because me and the lovely Laura went to see the Downton Abbey movie. Yeah, some of you might be making fun of me, but I gotta say, not bad. I like the Downton Abbey series, so I I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It was great. It was great. I wanted to see it. Yeah, good times. (laughs) It was uh, Laura's first trip to an AMC theater with those big, giant recliners. Oh, yeah. She was kind of blown away, though, I think, you know? Like, this is nice. She did not expect movies to be this nice. Although, they do serve wine and beer and cocktails at AMC theaters, except, apparently, on Sunday afternoons, which is annoying as hell. I was kind of looking forward to that. So, instead, we had to settle for uh, cherry Coke. That's pretty good, though. I like a nice cherry Coke. So, anyway, I just didn't have any time yesterday to do this podcast, so... Guess what? We're doing a little lunch break episode, and good thing, too, because we got a short chapter coming up. So anyway, uh, as far as feedback goes, I only got one set of feedback from last episode, so that was when we were reading Chapter 10. And that feedback is from my man Glenn. He's got some feedback from our questions. Uh, I have to actually look at uh, these questions. All right, let me see. Question one, how important is breakfast? So Glenn says, breakfast is the second most important meal of the morning. Yes, I'll agree with that. Very nice. Question two. Do you ever order pork chops out? So I was trying to figure out if anybody ever ordered them. I think I pointed out a restaurant bias has them, but I never get pork chops anywhere. I I don't know why. Uh, So he says, when I briefly lived in Houston, there was a restaurant my co-workers took me to that was known for its pork chops. One co-worker said he'd get the meat sweats just thinking about it. 
It was amazing, but I don't remember the name. I ask everyone who I know, I even used it as... I ask everyone who I know. I ask everyone who I know. Okay, sorry, I have a little punctuation problem here. <laughs> I even used used it as an interview question recently. I assume the restaurant fell into the world of magic. <laughs> Please use your numer- numerous Houston listeners to help me in my quest. Okay. So anybody listening in Houston, please write in because Glenn would like to learn the name of the restaurant with pork chops. <laughs> I like that. All right. All right. So somebody's getting them. I don't know. I just, they just don't sound appealing at a restaurant. <sighs> question three. Uh, oh, oh, question three. How would you ask out a suspicious mage, right? So we're trying to figure out how you would ask someone like Margo out. Because Henry is going to do that. Oh, this is so exciting. It's like I'm in ninth grade again. Okay. Uh, he says, use the mystique of being an off-worlder to sound interesting, right? Hey, have you ever heard of dinosaurs? Hey, did you know there are three branches of government in the American Republic? Come to think of it, I do think I'm going to be very successful. Oh, that's nice. See, I like that. That's good thinking. Using the off-worlder. Ploy. I don't know if it's going to work with, like, Margot. She seems too suspicious. She'd think that was a trick, too, that you were, I don't know, talking to her. I think, I think. That's my kind of feeling about her. And since uh, I invented her personality, it's the truth. Look it up. It's in the dictionary. It's the thing. So today, we are going to go ahead and read chapter 11. Let's see if we get any discussion questions out of this that are as good as last week's. <laughs> so this is a nice short one, four pages. This is good because we're doing a lunch break episode, right? So we want to keep moving. Um, so if you want a little preview of what's going to happen, they're going to eat a meal and go to a meeting. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Don't turn it off yet. Don't turn it off because there's one other thing I want to mention about it. It's also going to be dull. <laughs> Yay! God, this book stinks. Like, I, I don't even know what to say. Nothing happens in this book except them going to eat constantly. And the plot isn't even like, uh, what do I want to say? There? There's no plot? I, <laughs> I think that's what I'm trying to go for here. Oh my god. So, we're going to have to see how this goes. I don't know. I, I'm getting a little sick of this book. I hope that some of these future chapters get a little better. Uh, I think chapter 12 might be all right. I don't know. 13, I don't know. It gets a little better. I I can't make promises. This book stinks. (laughs) Okay. So I guess without much further ado, let's dive in. Is it? Without much further ado, I think so. That's what you say. Without much further ado, let's dive in to chapter 11. So for today's episode, as we read through this lovely dull chapter, I'm going to be sipping on a nice uh, lunch whiskey. That's right. We're going to have a little Evan Williams 1783 on the rocks. Very exciting. Um, I think there's maybe one drinking break. So I think one glass is going to be just fine. Hey, it's lunchtime, right? It's a lunch break. So I'm going to get right back to some really dull programming work right after this. It's not dull, actually. I enjoy it. But yeah, we're going to have a little whiskey as we read this chapter. Mm. Mm. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys got to get some of this, Evan Williams. It's great. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Henry arrived at breakfast early to try to have a relaxing meal before the staff meeting. Wow. Is everybody psyched for this chapter? That first sentence really hooks you. <laughs> he had been in good spirits that morning, though he had no discernible reason why. He chalked it up to the warm sun and blue skies. I'll see more setting. <laughs> he hoped the weather stayed this perfect in the pasture lands all the time, but he had his doubts. When he emerged from the commissary carrying his breakfast, he found the outdoor tables mostly vacant. At one table, though, he spotted the slim, black-haired woman with her back to him. God damn, it still has that black dash space haired. I don't know how that happened. It's really annoying. I, bad layout problem. You're probably not going to see it in the ebook. Maybe? I don't know. Who cares? Although he was pretty sure nothing had changed in the last few days... He was not completely confident that Janie had kept a promise to keep quiet. Oh, 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 like he doesn't know if Janie told Margo that he likes her. Oh, my God. This is so, like, adolescent. Ugh. Even if she had, her original outburst may have gotten back to Margo. Regardless, he thought he would get to dine with her for the first time in days. For that, he was thankful. Hi, Margo, he said cautiously as he rounded the table to sit down across from her. With her mouth full, she simply waved at him as he sat down. After swallowing, she responded, Hi, stranger, smiling. Ah, isn't this a bit early for breakfast, even for you? Henry asked. You're here too, she replied. Fair enough, he laughed. Oh, this is such great banter. They ate in silence for a few moments. Margot surveyed the other people eating this early, and Henry watched her dark eyes sweep back and forth across the tables. He could feel his breath catching. Finally, she turned back to him, cheeks puffed out with food, raising an eyebrow at him. Did you forget to swallow your food, he asked. Chewing and swallowing, she responded simply, shut up. He laughed lightly at her. So have you been up to anything fun, he asked. Nope, she said, just relaxed. Did a little reading and writing. Uh, okay, was this Monday? Oh, boy. <laughs> I get... Um, I think so. Oh, who knows? This is so stupid. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, nope, she said, just relax. Did a little reading and writing. Writing? Like what? He asked, intrigued. Oh, just in my journal, she answered. Have you ever been to the bookstore in Sandhill? Henry asked. I didn't know there was one, she said, now looking at him with interest. I went in on Saturday. Oh, I guess. All right. <laughs> I went in on Saturday, he explained. It's a little shop a few doors down from the swine. Oh, I'll have to visit, she said, returning to her meal. Henry saw an opportunity presenting itself, but he couldn't bring himself to grasp it. Because he's a pansy. <laughs> Weakly, he replied, definitely. Oh, see, he could have asked her out. <laughs> he immediately regretted not actually inviting her to join him at the store. Minutes later, the pair was joined by Janie, Pauline, Joe, Trevor, and... 
Oh, a lot of ands here. Minutes later, the pair was joined by Janie, Pauline, Joe, and Trevor. And Henry felt the moment slip away. Yuck. Okay, but at least it's a drinking break. Oh, boy. <laughs> mm. The whiskey helps. The whiskey does help. It's just, I don't know. It is written like they're, I don't know, what, 11? <laughs> All right. Trying to calm down the room, Roland spoke loudly. My friends, we must not overreact. Their lack of communication is quite disturbing, but we aren't sure if they are missing just yet. That's what you said last time, somebody yelled. Again, the room grew loud once again. We are currently planning a safe course of action, Roland boomed. We've already dispatched two from Special Reserves to cordon off the village and surrounding countryside. If you remember, this is like a side plot that, I don't know, a couple, a village or two villages have gone abandoned. Trevor gossips about it, and then, like, they sent people there and they don't hear from them again. Ooh, mysterious disappearances that aren't part of the plot. (laughs) Um, they are under strict orders not to enter the village or surrounding foothills. This should keep the, keep area residents safe while we consider more options. Send all the reserves, shouted another mage. This discussion is over, Roland commanded. We will reveal our plans at a later time. That is all. Does everyone understand? The room fell quiet with this scolding, although there was a palpable tension in the air, as if a riot could break out at any moment. Ooh. (laughs) Next, we have some minor regional assignments, Elliot said calmly. We'll need a few healers up north today due to a barn fire. Do we have anyone unassigned? You'll leave. You'll need to leave at once. Three mages' hands shot up, and they walked out of the room, followed by the woman, Margot, now new to be their supervisor. Oh, that's so exciting. I have two specific assignments for special reserves as well. First, I had previously mentioned some raiders in the far south. We need two to leave on reconnaissance. Margot was surprised to see Devin and Cindy's hands shoot up. Ah, yes, Cindy and Devon, I believe that will do nicely, Elliot said by reversing what Margot thought in her head about whose names go first. Uh, Elliot's ability to remember names was uncanny. Is it? So stupid. Okay. (laughs) I don't picture him having to remember that many names. What, he can't remember his own employees? Jesus Christ. All right. We'll need two mages to head into Dusting, that's with a capital D, so must be a town, in the north this week, Elliot went on. Some residents seem to have found an artifact, and some specialists are needed. The sooner the better, because it apparently gives off a terrible screeching noise. Oh, oh, sorry. The sooner the better, because it apparently gives of terror of a terrible screeching noise when not kept warm. Get it? Instead of off? All right. Some soft laughter, laughter was accompanied by four or five mages trying to volunteer. Finally, we've had reports of a great western catamount prowling to the west of Sandhill. I'll need a warrior mage to see to it, Elliot said. Margot noticed Henry lean over to Joe, whispering a question. Suddenly, his hand shot up. Okay, page turn. Sorry, people. 
Ah, yes, Henry. I'm not sure that's a great idea, Elliot said from the front of the temple. I don't think you're familiar with this animal. You need someone to assist you. He looked down at his clipboard as, as if scanning for names. Send Margot, Janie stated loudly from next to Henry. Elliot looked up as Henry smacked her shoulder, leading to an ow from Janie. Hmm? Oh, yes, Elliot said. Miss LaFleur, you can accompany Henry. You're surely familiar with these beasts. A quiet laughter emerged from some parts of the room. Margot frowned and nodded. She knew the laughter had to stem from the fact that her family had a history with the black creatures and that we've never heard about before until it was convenient. <laughs> of course she was, quote, familiar with them. Her grandfather had bred them. You're both expected in Sandhill in two hours. A local farmer has agreed to bring you out to the area where the beast was sighted, Elliot explained. Very good. Moving on, Roland said, as the, and the meeting continued. Margot sat lost in her own thoughts. Why had Janie volunteered her? Why did Henry hit her? It all seemed very odd, as if there was an inside story about her, yet she wasn't in on the secret. She felt an overwhelming loneliness creep in. Aww. And that ends chapter 11. So what did I tell you? That was a pretty uneventful chapter, right? I mean, I think this was another one of those cases of like, uh, character building, I guess, maybe. It's more of a setup. It's just a dull chapter. It's very, um... Just because it's so short and nothing really happens, I kind of think of it like a Da Vinci Code chapter, except way less exciting. I mean, there's no hook to get you to listen to, like, or read the next chapter. Definitely not happen happening. So, Margot's clearly suspicious of what's going on with Henry and why people want her to, like, why she was volunteered. Very exciting, or what Henry was saying to Joe. I think what Henry was saying to Joe was a little... Obvious. He was probably asking, what the hell is a great western catamount? So, eh, you know, that's not too exciting, but I think Margot's kind of suspicious of what's going on. But, I mean, she's, you know, kind of highfalutin, got a known name, so yeah, likely she thinks people are out to get her or use her or whatever, yeah. I get it. I get it. I did write the character of Margot, so I don't have a problem with her. <laughs> kind of my favorite in the book. Although, her writing in the journal sounds a little dull. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> I kind of wanted her to be more... Um, I don't know. I actually don't have an answer for that. She is what she is, I guess, right? Oh, well. Oh, well. I, I, she's different in other later books to an extent. Maybe I'm wrong. Margo's pretty awesome. What are you going to do? So, uh, I mean, I guess this is a, at least gives you a hint of what's going to happen in the next chapter, right? Um, so they're clearly going to go looking for a catamount. And I think we're going to have like kind of a longer chapter next week. 12? Let's see. Uh, I hope I don't have to do this at lunch next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's like a nine-page chapter next week. And I will say there will be some magic next week because, oof, we just want another chapter without magic. Didn't I point out they haven't used it since, like, chapter eight? <laughs> so 
for the last four chapters or whatever, 8, 9, 10, 11. Wait, they used it in chapter 8. It's 9, 10, 11, so three chapters. They haven't used any magic, and this could definitely be just taking place at the, uh, like I said, like a, I don't know, freaking... I believe my term was the J.C. Penny Distribution Center. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit silly. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't have too much to say about this chapter. I, who would? There's nothing freaking happened. So, let's get into our discussion questions. I actually do have uh, some good ones. I have, I, have, I have one that's one or two that's good. Okay. All right. Question one. This question... Uh, we keep hearing about these people disappearing. My question is, what's with this side plot? Huh? Do you think it's going to be important to the story? It seems to be a side plot, because all it does is get mentioned in passing. And, ooh, it's a little spooky. What is the author trying to do here? Huh? Is it foreshadowing? Is it, uh, I, I don't know. Ooh, it's exciting, though, right? So what's with this side plot? I more want to know if you think it's going to be important to the book, or um, if we'll like uh, get to read about it more directly than just all this hearsay, or is this setting up a sequel? Like, oh, that could be. That could be. Let me know. What What do you guys think? Huh? Yeah, all these villages disappearing, or maybe just one. I don't know. Yeah, spoiler alert. There's like two of them, I think, that disappear. Whatever. Who cares? All right. All right. Question two. Margot is shocked. That, like, one of the heads of this stupid, um, I don't know, organization that rents out mages can remember all the names of people. And I think we kind of went over this. Like, how many people could possibly work here? I'm guessing in the, if it's, if it's three figures, I'm guessing it's like a hundred, right? I'm going to say it's less than that, though. Maybe like 80 or something like that. Because it kind of seems like a full-time job, right? I don't think they have a lot of people there that are mages, let's say, and working part-time. You know what I mean? They're probably all full-time, especially if they have housing, don't you think? So, is it really that shocking that he could remember Cindy and Devon's name? So I guess my question is, can you remember names? I am all right at that. I've grown better, I think, as I got older, because I realized that I am an idiot you, when you say, hey, buddy, <laughs> that's like a clear sign that you do not know whose name you're, you know, who you're talking to, <laughs> right? What's going on, sport? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, you know, and there's tricks. Um, I remember I read that, uh, that Dale Carnegie book a little bit, the uh, how to, what is it, win friends and influence people. I read some of that a long time ago. And it always suggested if you forget someone's name, you can shake your their hand and be like, what's your name again? And when they say it's, when they look disappointed and say it's, um, you know, Ted, you go, no, 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 what's your, like, last name? Your last name. Because that's, oh, Ted, no, 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 I meant your last name. I can't remember your last name. That makes them feel better, you know, because now they're like, oh, he really wants to know me. Right. But you didn't know their first name either. So you get like, uh, you get it for free and you make them feel good. So then Ted will be like, Oh, I'm Ted McGillicuddy. I didn't realize you'd forgot my last name. Oh, you know, it's so hard to remember last names for me. And then you look like, you know, this charming guy, apparently, you know, according to a what 1920s author. <laughs> but anyway, um, 
Yeah. Can you remember names? I, I'm pretty good at it now, I think. I'm going to say I'm all right. Yeah. But I really have to concentrate when I meet someone, like to really ingrain it in my head. I have to be totally aware that this is a name I'm going to need to know. Yeah. All right. All right. Third question. All right. Third question. Question three. Do you know... Okay, so they want to go... They're going to find Margot and Henry next chapter. Spoiler alert. Are going to find a great Western catamount. Okay, my question now. Don't cheat. Do you know what a catamount is? Hmm? Do you? Okay, don't be looking this up. Just give me an answer, right? And then... uh As a little bit of a bonus, have you ever seen one? (laughs) The answer for almost everybody is going to be no, but write in if you think you have seen one. And if you know, like, off the top of your head what a catamount is. I love the word, and I didn't make it up, so uh, just, you know, give it a look-see, right? This is exciting. Yeah, I don't want to give any more hints. And you know what? I actually thought I had seen one. At some point, and I was mistaken. I will explain that next episode. Ooh, wow, what a cliffhanger. (laughs) So, all right, where are we at in this book? So next week, we're going to start into chapter 12. So we're at page 80. Does that put us halfway through? No, we're still not halfway through this book, which is good. That means there's more episodes, but this book is a freaking snore fest. I mean... I feel like I shouldn't have read this to you guys. I should have probably burned it, and we could have read the sequel to Bringing Balance, which is substantially better in some ways and terrible in so many more ways. But, eh, what are you going to do? It was written in a month. you got to throw some crap on paper, and you know what? Usually it doesn't stick well. (laughs) So anyway, uh, if you do want to write in with these discussion questions, uh, or if you want to talk about them, you can send me an email. Uh, you go to, you know what? Go to jeffreadshisbook.com. And right there, there's some uh, contact info. You can reach me at jba at sdf.org. Or you can reach me on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. Or you can reach me on Mastodon in the Fediverse at jba at mastodon.sdf.org. So... Hopefully, next week, we'll be doing this on Sunday again, which is when I like to do it. And hopefully, I get a little more feedback. The lovely Laura, I don't think, listened to last week's episode yet. Uh, Just because we were on a little trip last week, and uh, it just didn't pan out. I mean, when was she going to do it? So, yeah, we were having fun together instead. And so, we never got to listen to the podcast. Although, it was suggested we listen to it in the car, but... It's fine. It's fine. She's going to get to it, and then she's going to knock out this one because I'm going to try to post it tomorrow like I'm supposed to on Tuesdays. And then we're going to get some feedback. Very exciting, but very big thanks to Glenn for sending in his feedback. And uh, you know what? If you have any comments about the show, make sure to write in. And uh, until next time, keep on reading. Keep on reading.